we're kicking off a new year, and it's hard to imagine. I'm, I'm preaching a sermon saying as we're kicking off a new year, and it's the 20th of the new year. That seems impossible. That January is almost over. But as we're, as we're kicking off a new year, I really felt, and this was months and months and months ago, I felt directed that in the beginning of the year, in this first month, that I wanted to talk about something that I hope will be a priority, and if it's not, will become a priority after today, um, for each of us in 2019. And what the, what the thing that I want to talk about today, I want you to figure out what it is by doing something. Why don't you all look around the room and just tell me, look around the room. What's the main thing you see? People. You see each other. You see one another. That's what you see. You see one another. And what I hope will be a priority for all of us in 2019 will be one another. Will be the people that currently make up Portview Church, your friends, your family, your church family, the people who will make up Portview Church because it's God's plan that more people will always come to know him through every church, including our own, so that God will use you to bring other people into Portview Church and so that you'll be engaged with those people and that the priorities will also be people that are in your circle that have nothing to do with Portview Church. That there's people in your circle. See, we all have a circle of people in our lives. Every one of us. Some of them are big, some of them are small, but we all have a circle of people. Those people who we're connected to, and I'll say it this way, those people that we do life with. And as we start off this year, I want you to think about that circle. Because here is my contention. This is really the, the, the only one thing I want to communicate to you today. I'm going to do it in some different ways, but I want you to get this today. My contention is that your circle will be the place of biggest influence in how you experience 2019. That the thing that will most greatly influence what you think at the end of this year, what you think about how 2019 was will be the people in your circle. That your circle will be the place where you experience your greatest joys and your circle will be the place where you possibly experience your greatest pain and hurt. And my hope for 2019 is that we find great joy from within our circles and that we do our parts I can't be responsible for somebody else's actions, but I can be responsible for mine, and you can be responsible for yours. So you will do your part, and I will do my part to not be the source of pain for other people within our circles. And so you don't think that I'm just kind of making something up here and have an idea saying that um, we're looking at joy in our circles and how are they connected together. I want you to see what the Bible has to say about this. So grab your Bible and turn to John 15. You know what's really interesting when we were in Mexico? It was like going back to the 80s. You know why? Every person carried a Bible to church. And when the pastor, and actually had people were standing up and reading, when the pastor said in Spanish, and I couldn't understand it, um, um, you know, read this verse, they all opened their Bibles and read along. Now I understand some of you have Bibles in their, your, your phone, they're in your tablet. That's fine. But it was just, I felt like I was transported back to 1982. 
um, and everybody had their Bibles. And so if you've got your, your, your paper Bible or your electronic Bible open to John 15, we're going to start by reading verses 9 through 11. This is what it says. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. And for right now, we're going to stop right there. We're going to go on in a bit, but let me walk you through these verses because they're kind of verses that when I read that, I got to outline them. I do this all the time. I don't know if you do this, but you should. When I come to a section of scripture, a lot of times I outline everything in the section. Even if I'm not preaching, I'm trying to say, so what's he really saying here? And I kind of put it down in outline form and say, oh, this flows from this, and this comes from this, and I need to have this to understand that. And so what I want to do is kind of walk you through Jesus's um, thought process here in John 15 in this section. Verse 9, he says this, the Father loves Jesus. Jesus said, my Father loves me. And then he says, and guess what? I love you. Like the Father loves me, I love you, and, and, inherent, and that is the Father loves you also. And then he says this, abide in that love. Abide in love. Verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So he's saying, okay, how do I abide in that love? You keep my commandments, and you'll know how to abide in my love. Verse 11 says, Jesus said this why he said it, so that his joy may be in you, and your joy may be full, will be full. In other words, you will be full of joy if you do this. So if we keep his commandments, we will abide in his love. And if we abide in his love, his joy will be in us and our joy will be made full. Well, who wants a life full of joy in 2019? That's what I want. Now, what, from, the, from, from this outline... From this train of thought, there's something missing. I hope you're seeing it. You're going, well, I need another answer. I need an answer so I can understand what he's saying here. What do we need to figure out in order to know how to experience his joy? It's this. What is his commandment? So he said, if you keep my commandments, then this will happen. So we have to say, how, what is his commandment? If we keep his commandments, we will abide in his love. And if we abide in his love, his joy will be in us. So the question we have to ask is, so what is his commandment? Look down to the next verse, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another. That is his commandment. He says, if you keep my commandment, you will abide in his love. If you abide in, in if, if he abides in us, his joy will be made full. So we, what is the commandment we have to keep? Love one another, just as I have loved you. Love each other like Jesus loves us. So if we love one another, we will abide in his love. And if we abide in his love, his joy will be made full in us. So the key to having a joy-filled 2019 is to love one another. The key. What we have to do in 2019, if we want to have lives marked by joy, is to be active and intentional 
about loving one another. If you want to have a life filled with joy in 2019, I want to tell you this. It won't come from that promotion at work. It won't. It won't come from a new car, a new boat, or a new cabin, or a new, 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 whatever, fill in the blank. It won't come from the greatest vacation you could ever plan in the world. All those things are fine, but none of those things will fill 2019 with joy. They may give you some happy moments, and the promotion may give you some gray hair, but they won't fill 2019 with joy. Joy will come as we love one another, as we give and take love. We give love, we receive love from one another. Remember, our circle is the place where we experience this love. Now, the love that we give and take, I don't want to say love has limitations, but we have limitations. And so there's a primary place that we experience an opportunity to give and take love. And that's within this circle that we have, within the people that we do life with. Because our energy is limited, and we only have so much time, the the, the bulk of our time that's actually in relationship is spent with this group that we call our circle. And what I want to do today is I want to introduce you to my circle. And you say, why? My circle won't look anything like your circle. But I want to introduce you to my circle, to those people who I do much of my life with. Those that, um, that as, as we love one another, we are abiding in the love of Jesus, and his joy is becoming more full in us because we do life together. And the reason that I want to introduce them is so that you can maybe get an idea of what a circle could look like for you. It won't be the same. Not at all. But what maybe a circle could look like for you. Not that the people will be the same, but rather that you can see the layers that I'm going to try to explain, the layers of my circle. And my circle's not perfect because I'm imperfect. But the layers of my circle, and what I try to explain is that different people fill different roles within my circle, which brings completeness into my life, and I fill different roles in other people's lives that brings completeness to their lives, and we can share love with each other, and then we can be filled with joy. So let me introduce my circle to you, all right? So I'm going to invite a bunch of people, and I'm going to explain as I do, to come and just stand here on a platform. And they don't have to say a word. I told them all they have to do is look pretty. That's right. One of them said, do I have to wear a suit? I said, no, of course not. So let me introduce my circle. The first level of my circle, when I'm saying like, like layers of my circle, I'm not trying to say importance. I'm just saying how it makes sense to me. And it kind of, it's kind of, they have different functions within my world, and I have different functions within their world. So the first part of my circle is my wife, Suzanne. So Susie, come up next to me here. You all know my best friend and my soulmate. Can I give her a kiss? She is my absolutely best friend. Now I understand this. None of our li- your lives are the same. And marriage, I understand this. Marriage can be really good. It can be really challenging. You can be in a season that's really good or a season that's really challenging. Um, some of you don't have a spouse. I understand that. And some of you, maybe you're even married to somebody that's not a believer. But ideally, for me, um, my wife is my best friend. And so Suzanne is, is the beginning of my circuit, circle. And I would say this for as you're developing your circle or just recognizing your circle. 
if you are married, this relationship right here needs to be the most important relationship in your life. It needs to be given most, the most energy of any relationship in your life. It needs to be guarded the most closely. It needs to be fought for the most fiercely. Because this is, the, this is where the two become one. The only part of our circle where the two actually become one, where we, where we are, the Bible says, where we, we, we give up our individuality in some regards and we become one flesh, is in the marriage union. And so this is the, the core of the circle. And um, oftentimes in our life, when we, especially doing ministry, we've moved from place to place or in college, moved from place to place. For periods of time, we were the whole circle. We were it. You know, come to a place and not know anybody. Plant the church, no one else there. Just parachute drop us into a town. Come on up here, sweetheart. She's going to be up here in a minute. Come on up. So let me introduce this next part of my circle. That's my family, my kids, and granddaughter. So Josh and Sam, Brett's not here today. I want, what's, oh, you can hold that, she's going to sing. This gal loves music. Oh my goodness, we bought her a guitar for Christmas. We bought her a xylophone for Christmas. What are instruments we borrow for Christmas? We bought, her, we bought her a microphone that makes noise for Christmas. Um, lots of noisemakers for Christmas, and then we sent them all home. Although we did give her this popcorn machine. They made that stay in our house. <laughs> so, but, uh, so this is another layer of my circle. And if you have kids and grandkids, I would say this. Family is messy and it's imperfect. There were periods of time in, in our life right here where you couldn't hardly put us in the same room. How did he get bigger than me? You're wearing boots. You couldn't, and you're skinnier than me too. So, But you, you couldn't hardly put us in the same room. I couldn't say anything to Josh when he was in high school without him going, I didn't do anything, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and it was both our faults, you know, at times. Um, sometimes more mine than his. But family's messy. I understand that, and, and sometimes kids, you know, move and grow away, go away, and, and so the, the, the physical connectedness can't be the same, but I think the goal is that your family is your inner circle. And, and sometimes I would say this, one of the goals for us has been that our, that our kids would be best friends, wherever God takes them, and that we would be good adult and a good adult relationship. That was always our parenting goal. It was always about the end game. That, that our kids would serve Jesus with all their hearts and that we would be adult peers someday. It's always going to be dad and child, but mom and child, but that we'd be adult um, peers and love each other and respect each other. And I think we're on the, on the way to do that. Um, and so if you have kids, I think that one of the goals is is that they become your inner circle. That Sometimes that's impossible, I understand. Blended families make that difficult. But it's, it's a goal to shoot for, and I think it's a good one. I would say this. We have learned even hard times... If you work on them right and you are, you are mature about it and you're not self-centered, your, your hard times can actually pull you together. Because generally, naturally, hard times pull you apart. You fight and bicker. But you can actually be pulled together. And so these are the people I spend the most of my time with. Um, you know, if you added bread up here. They, I spend the most of my time with this circle as far as my, my intimate time, my connected time. Um, this is the main place that we give and receive love the most. So it's also the place with the greatest opportunity for joy and the greatest opportunity for pain. So be very careful how you treat this level of, of, your, of your circle because you can damage it really easy because the relationships are the deepest. And so this one has to be given also a great deal of energy and attention. So let me tell you the next level of mine. And I, Callie, can I at least say hi to you? 
Yeah, no. yeah. she says, no. She says, give me something else. The next level is my connect group. So if you're in my connect group, and I know a bunch of you, some are gone today, but all my connect group, I want you to come up here right now. Stand up, all my connect group. Come on, come on, come on up here. Don't be bashful. I know we're missing a bunch today. So we're missing Robin Parsons. We're missing Bill, one half of the team here. Are we missing both Sandy and um, Nick? I thought one of them was going to be here. Gene, where's Gene? Is Gene up here? Gene's up here. Who else am I missing from our connect group? Julia's up here. We're missing so. So our connect group is about 12-ish people. And so I contacted everybody and said, hey, can you be in church? And some said, hey, we're out of town with different stuff. So, so this is about half of our connect group, or maybe even a little less than half of our connect group. So this is, a, this is the next level. Chris Loopy, is she not here either? So Chris is not here. So um, the, the next level of our connect group. And I want to explain something about our connect group. And I'm not saying all connect groups have to be the same, but I'll say this. This is what we do in our connect group. You're going to say, oh, you go and Pastor Mark teaches a lesson and you all do... No. You know what we do? We eat. We eat. We try to have fun together. Nick and Sandy have a pontoon boat. We go for pontoon boat rides on the Milwaukee River. We scoop the loop sometimes. It's our walking path we do. We watch football games. Um, we're meeting today after church. We eat. What are we eating? Barbecued pork. Okay, I'm not sure what else, but barbecued pork and so potato salad. So we all bring stuff, and we all switch up who brings what. And so we're meeting today, and because of the football game going on, that won't be over by the time they come, I'll probably be watching the football game. Right, Gene? So the game, I think, will be over to six. So we'll have a little overlap while we're eating. And so, but what we do is we eat together, but this is the main thing we do. We share about what's going on in our lives, and we pray for each other. And it's not weird, and it's not awkward, and we don't put people on the spot. But we basically sit in a circle, just on the couches, and we talk, and we say what's going on. And then we just get quiet, and we start praying for each other. And we pray for each other. And I pray for somebody, and somebody else prays for somebody, and somebody else prays for somebody. It's not awkward, it's not long, but we pray for all the needs that are represented, and we're done. And we'll do that this afternoon. We do it a couple times a month. And so this is my next level. And here's the reality. These people know things about me that no one else does. When, when we said publicly about a lot of Suzanne's health issues she's going right now, going through right now, we, Suzanne and I did a, something a while back and we talked about it. And not that we were ever trying to hide it. It was just we didn't know a lot of things. She's going through a, you know, a number of health issues right now. And a lot of people said, why didn't you tell anybody? We said, well, we did. Our connect group knows, knows all of it. Our circle all knows what was going on. The circle's all been praying for it for a long time and for a lot of other things. And you know what the main thing we find in our connect group we pray for? Our marriages and our kids. Because a bunch of us have kids that are grown, so we pray for our marriages and our kids. And this is a safe place for all of us. We have a rule. What we say there stays there. We're totally safe. And so we can talk about anything and we can trust. We'll pray about everything and we can trust that everybody is in there for each other. So that's our, that's our next... That's, that's my next layer of my circle. The next part of my circle, I want to invite Jeff, Scott, and Harold to come up here. Jeff, I told you you didn't have to wear a suit, so you didn't. Glad to hear that. These guys are some of the people that I have fun with. So I got some pictures of me and these guys. 
Now that's Harold with his first ever muskie. I invited Harold onto my annual muskie fishing adventure this year. Him and I and Josh went, and uh, another friend of mine who was our guide, and we ended up boating four muskies in about five hours. And so Harold got his first ever muskie. There's another picture up there. That was my muskie that I caught that day, and only one of us didn't catch a muskie. There's always next year. Then there's some other picture in there. Here's me and Jeff. Me and Jeff chase geese together. Everything that I know about goose hunting, I learned from Jeff. And I spend more time with Jeff. I told him the other day, I said, Jeff, I spend more time with you than about anybody else in the fall. And, and, and I wish we did it a lot more. I wish we fished more and hunted more. We don't have a lot of time. But Jeff and I sit in, a, in, in layout blinds the other day in the pouring rain trudging through fields full of mud, dragging all of our decoys and our blinds. You're going, you're, Suzanne's like, you're an idiot. Who would do that? And then we come back and go, we couldn't get any geese to come in. But a lot of times we do. And, and so our last, we went hunting the last day in the snow and we ended up getting three the last day we hunted. And so we, so we have fun. And we, what we do when we're out there, we talk. One thing we like about turkey or goose hunting, we just sit and we're right next to each other. We're usually laying in blinds. Let's go back. We're laying in the middle of fields covered in corn stalks and we're just talking to each other about what's going on in life. You know, and again, it's raining out, it's cold, and then we're blowing on goose decoys and trying to get the geese to come in. And I have, so, and these guys are part of what I need for recreation. Recreation, that's what it means. The word, the word, word means is recreation. To be recreated. It's time when I spend time with people to just have fun. You know what these guys help me do? They help me to de-stress in my life. Matter of fact, I showed Suzanne an article a couple days ago that's from doctors and says that fishing is good for your health and it reduces stress. That fishing will reduce your chance of a heart attack. I said, amen, give me a prescription, doc, because I need to go more than I do. So I have one more level in my, in my circle. These I only have by picture. So I pictured the three friends of mine, Marty, Andy, and Jay. They're up there. So you guys know some of these people. Um, Andy is Andy Shanholtz. We had Andy um, develop our, help us launch our Trek program that runs on Monday. So Andy Shanholtz is a pastor in Manitowoc. He's a good friend of mine. I meet with Andy every single month for breakfast. We talk about life. We talk about church. We talk about ministry. On the top right or left is Jay Fisher uh, with his wife there, and they... He is the pastor of Evangel Assemblies of God on Good Hope Road. And so him and I, were, as a matter of fact, we're having breakfast next week. And then Marty, on the bottom corner, is my spiritual director. He lives in Iowa, and I meet with Marty on Zoom about every six weeks. And what a spiritual director does is help you try to discern what God's doing in your life and hear from God. It's kind of like a, a golfer has a golf coach. Um, Christians, I think, should have a spiritual director that helped them figure out what God's saying in their life. And so Marty is my spiritual director, and I just met with Marty last week, Wednesday, for an hour on a Zoom meeting. And so these the reason these guys are so important in my circle, and I met with Marty, I said, hey, your picture's going to be up in our church on Sunday. And uh, is because they walk the same path I walk. Now, if you're a doctor, and you tell me about being a doctor, I can maybe understand a little bit, but I don't know it unless I was a doctor. But... These guys are pastors of churches. Marty was a pastor. Um, they've been through all kinds of stuff. Marty's now full-time in, in a different uh, ministry of, of uh, uh, called Sustainable Faith, teaching people how to live healthy lives, spiritual lives. 
And, but all these guys have walked the same exact paths as I walk. And so you know what I do with them? I complain sometimes. I, I brainstorm. Sometimes I just vent. And sometimes I just, I just say, you guys got to pray for me. And they understand my life, the, the, the lifestyle I have, like other people can't. And so they're in my circle. So these, these, all these people are in my life. I need them, and I think they need me. And so this is what my circle looks like. So guys, thank you for being our circle. You can all return to your seats, and I need to give Callie a kiss before she goes. Bye, sweetheart. Now, your circle is going to look totally different than my circle, and it should. But here's the deal. Whether you believe it or not, especially some of you guys, or some of you gals, we all need a circle. It's the place where we give and receive love. Therefore, it's the place where we most experience joy. And I'd say this, if you don't really have a circle, you just live life all by your own, your joy level is going to be much less than God intends. So I have two challenges for you for 2019. Here they are. The first one is this. Embrace your circle. Take some time today to examine your life, to sit down and think about your life. And think about who was in your circle. Now, interestingly, I did that today, I mean, in preparation for this, and I, I wouldn't even have used the terms before, and I wouldn't even have even necessarily thought of all the people until I sat down and I said, help me understand my life. And I saw really clearly my circle emerge. So take some time and look at your life and ask yourself, who is in your circle? Who do you do life with? And here's my challenge for 2019. Embrace them. Value them. Give the most energy to the people you are the closest to. Think about this once. Think about do you spend most of your energy on strangers or on people that are in your circle? If joy comes from loving one another, then ask yourself how you can, how you are doing at loving those in your circle. Ask that really probing, hard question of the Holy Spirit. How am I doing at honestly loving, because love is an action, loving those in my circle? And ask this question. How could you love them better? How could you love the people in your circle better? And here's my thought. As I ask that question, what's the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind right now? Who is he bringing to your mind? I think he's bringing somebody. Make a decision right now that you're going to do something to embrace them and, and, and show love to them. And don't make excuses for not doing it. Embrace those in your circle. See, in 20 years from now, the stuff that you are working so hard to accumulate will be old, broken, and gone for the most part. But the people in your circle, some of them, maybe most of them, depending on your age, will still be with you. Some won't. As we sat by um, Diana's bed the last couple days, holding her hands, singing Amazing Grace in the hospital with her, crying with her and praying with her as she's in her final days, dying of cancer. You get real clarity. 
She couldn't give a hoot about what kind of car they own, about what the house they live in is like. She was surrounded by her two daughters and some of her grandchildren and me and Suzanne. And we sat and we cried and we prayed and we shared scripture and we talked about fear because that's what really matters. It's people. And 20 years from now, ask yourself, is the stuff you're working so hard, putting all your energy into, really that important? And ask yourself, am I putting the right kind of energy into the people that are in my circle? Invest into people, love people, because the scripture says here, that is your source of joy. But get this, it's not just about you. That is their source of joy. That's their source of joy. The other day, when we've been going with to, to see Diana um, and, and walking with Dick through this, we have been their source of joy. I talked to Dick right after he came out of surgery. And, and it was really, we said, we basically said our byes, goodbyes before surgery because it's aortic aneurysm surgery and it's very dangerous. And his was very severe. We basically said goodbye to each other. He's crying, we're crying. And he came out and I talked to him on the phone the other day. And I ended, I said, see you, buddy. And he goes, see you, buddy. And it was kind of funny because we didn't necessarily expect to see each other ever again this side of heaven. And we sat there and talked about life. You know what, that's what's important. So number one, embrace your circle. If there's issues, for Pete's sakes, let them go. They're not worth it. It's not worth it. Embrace your circle. This is the second thing I'm going to suggest that you do in 2019. It's this. Expand your circle. Ask this question. Who could I invite into my circle that I could be a blessing to? Ask yourself that question. Because you will receive joy as you're a blessing. You love somebody else, you receive joy. And as they love you, you receive joy. So it's reciprocal. It works both ways. So ask yourself, who could I invest my, could invite into my circle that I could be a blessing to? Who would Jesus want you to welcome into your circle? Let me tell you something that I've learned over the years. And I wouldn't have believed this at first or even thought about it. When you're, because you have to intentionally invite people into your world because, you know what, I can't be in relationship. And the reason I brought people up here, the reason I hesitated to bring people up, Suzanne said, I don't know if you can do that. I said, why? should we going to make people jealous. And I said, guess what? We all only have 24 hours in a day. And these happen to be the people that God has arranged that they're in my circle. You guys have other circles. And, and I have interactions with different people at different levels all over this place. I've just mentioned two people about being with them in these difficult times that I wouldn't say are in my circle, but I have very good, good, close relationships with. But this is what I've learned about my circle, about including others. Include others that, at least some, that others overlook. Include those that others often overlook. There are people that others just overlook. They may not look like everyone else, or they may not, they may have some issues. Well, here's the deal. We all have issues. Some of us are better at hiding them than other people are. But for whatever reason, sometimes there's people who are overlooked. Invite them in to your circle. 
I have found that I have been loved the best by those who others overlook. I'm not going to take the time today. I was going to talk about, because we're kind of running behind, but um, I was going to take the, talk about a family from Michigan that everybody overlooked. And we invited them very much into our world, into our inner circle. It became like family with them. Lots of problems. The lady actually had multiple personality disorder. She'd flip from person to person to person while you're with her. God healed all that. Um, first time we met her, she's on the table going, bing, 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 I'm Gilly. And a little while later, a voice come out of her going, I don't like him. You're going, oh. God delivered her and healed her and her family is doing great. For years, I finally had to tell them to stop. When we moved from Michigan, they would drive five hours to bring me a birthday cake every year. I finally said, you guys, you guys got to stop this. You don't have to keep doing this. They drove down when we did a church plan to shut down and restart. They would drive down to be ushers in the church. I was like, guys, you can't do this. I left you at a church up there. It's not God's plan for you to leave there to come here. They were people that everybody overlooked. I've never probably been loved as well by anybody other than this family. Still are. Still are. Still in connection with them all the time on Facebook. And when we go to Michigan, we see them. Welcome people into your circle. Expand your circle. And one more thing. And you know what? What I'm going to talk about right here, Jeff, where are you? I added this point because of you. Because it's something you taught me while we were doing recreation. So this is Jeff's point. Include some people who you don't know Jesus yet. It goes, should go without saying, but as I thought about my sermon, I thought about Jeff and I were going goose hunting. He was talking about a sermon he heard from somebody we both know. He knows as a kid. He watched a kid grow up and knows their family well. He's now pastors a huge church. He talked about it. He was, he was at a service recently in another state. He heard this guy preach and a guy talked about, told everybody to take their cell phones out. And he said, look in your cell phones. How many names on your cell phone are people who don't know Jesus in your cell phone? How many people don't know Jesus? And he said, the cell phone's going to tell the truth about you. Now you can say, oh, i got work contacts. I'm talking about people who are actually in relationship with you. How many people don't know Jesus yet? See, those closest to you in your inner, inner, inner circle should be followers of Jesus. I really think so. But there should be room for people in your circle who don't yet know Jesus because Jesus wants to love them through you. And here's the deal. It won't happen by accident. And the longer you serve Jesus, the more difficult it becomes. Because we're just a great group, of, great group of people. And it gets easy to put everybody else aside. So take a look at your circle and just say, do I have any people in there who don't yet know Jesus? How can I invite them in? So my hope is that we take a good look at our circles as we begin 2019. And we do these two things. We embrace those who are in our circles We give and receive love um, passionately because that's where joy is experienced. Then we expand our circle. Include some who are often overlooked and include some who don't yet know Jesus. Because Jesus said it. Just as my Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have not left us alone. Matter of fact, from the very first couple, after you created the earth and after you created the animals and after you created the, the, the uh, vegetation and everything else, you were with Adam and he na- you were naming all the animals and you saw there was no suitable partner for him and so you made Eve. And you said this about Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. And Lord, there's some people I believe in this church family right now who because of woundings probably because of hurts from the past, they tend to go it alone. And Lord, I ask right now for you to heal those hurts. Begin to heal those wounds, Jesus. And cause each of us to have the courage to expand our circle. And then to embrace those who are within our circle. To be the kind of people who bring joy to other people that are within our circle. And Lord, if there's issues that, go, go, uh, that are between us, Lord, I knew as I stood here today and I brought up my wife, it would cause some people pain. And as I brought up my kids and my granddaughter, it would cause some people pain because they'd say, that's what I want and I don't have. But Lord, it wasn't supposed to be pain Rather, God, may it be that there's, there's issues between people that have caused separation and distance. Could you, God, at least help us to do our part today to mend the fences, to take the right steps in reconciliation, to give us priorities that, that are beyond stuff, that we put our energies into the most important thing, which is people. So, Father, as we enter this brand new year, 20 days into it, We ask you, God, I pray this. This is my prayer for the year for me, that I would experience abundant joy this year. And that everyone in this place would experience abundant joy as we learn to give and receive love. That, God, our circles would be rich and full because of you in us toward one another. 